what did we just watch, Amy? We watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, the not movie. the TV show. I mean, we have watched the TV show. Yes, but we didn't just binge the whole thing in a weekend. No. So we just watched the movie, that which is hard. short. It's 86 minutes. 86 minutes. That's not very long. Yeah. Uh, and these are our first impressions, and there will be spoilers, but really, Statue of Limitations is up on this one. Sorry. Um, From the 90s. Although, I mean, I don't think I've ever sat and watched the whole thing, but I've definitely seen bits of it because it got on TV a lot. <laughs> Back when we had TVs with channels. Yeah. It would get it would get played a lot, so you'd like turn it on. Yeah, this feels very like stumble on a cable movie sort of movie. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh yeah. I am gonna try not to compare it to the TV show. <laughs> Because I feel like that opens a whole nother can of worms. It's not really fair to the movie to compare it to the TV show. Yeah, yeah. One might say. There was no um, thought of a TV show when they were making. I mean, there might have been. I don't know. It kind of feels like the opening of a franchise, but I don't know if that's just because I know they made a TV show with the same premise that lasted seven years, plus a whole bunch of comics and multiple spin-offs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the TV show does the concept much, much better than the <laughs> film does. I mean, I see that. So the, the thing is, as I was watching this, again, like, I may have seen this movie before on cable or something, um, but I'm treating this as basically a first watch because it was the first time I really paid attention to it. But... I would say the premise of this movie, well, the premise is the same as the TV series. We're already comparing it to the TV series. The purpose is different, if that makes any sense. Um, the It feels to me like the purpose of this movie is, wouldn't it be funny if Heathers fought vampires? Yeah. And that's kind of where it ends. Like, mm-hmm. it's not really much beyond that. And it carries that joke through 90 minutes. Yeah, which is about all that joke can be carried through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, whereas the purpose of the TV series is high school is hell, but also literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're taking that idea and using the horror as metaphor thing in a lot of really complex and interesting ways that carry the show through seven years of pretty good TV. Um, the vampires here are not a metaphor. They're just vampires. They're just, I, mean, I don't think they're a metaphor. Do you think they're a metaphor? No, I don't think that <laughs> the movie was operating on that level. Yeah, and that's okay. You don't have to work on that level. So, even though we said we're working compared to the TV show, and we already did, what did you think? Um, I thought it was boring. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I have trouble with, like, horror from the 70s and 80s uh-huh. because 
like the special effects don't hold up and there's a certain style of acting that goes with it mm-hmm. too. Okay. Um I'm so it put comes the thing on the list in the near future. It Just, comes I would watch the thing. I know. That's um, why I'm gonna put it on the list. <laughs> sometimes it comes across as bad to me, but I know but I think it's more I can't cross the age divide mm. of it and appreciate for what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if that was the case for this film. I did go through most of it going, is this a bad movie or is it just campy? Or is it both? <laughs> I think it's going for campy. I don't think it accomplishes it enough. I think we don't we don't get the peak of campy until roughly the dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I got to the dance and I was like, oh, okay. This this is trying to be campy. You've now yeah. confirmed my suspicions. But it needed to get there sooner. Um, that, so there is one thing that I that has always stuck out in my mind. Um from watching this on cable or wherever it has popped up, which is Paul Rubin's vampire character getting staked and dying. Yeah, that's definitely where I was like, okay, it's there's camp in here. Yeah. Because it's such an exaggerated... And it, it's... Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, what I didn't remember was the joke that that sets that up or is right before that where earlier in the movie that character lost an arm for reasons and he's like there's nothing we can't do and Buffy's like oh yeah clap and then stabs him and that's a great joke Mm -hmm. like that's good um it feels very Joss Mm Whedon-y yeah that was one of the few (laughs) Joss Whedon-y moments yeah it felt very like, oh, that's a Joss Whedon moment. Um, which He's the credited screenwriter. He technically wrote this movie. <laughs> um, but that felt like him in a way that a lot of the other rest of the movie didn't. And then we watch him, like, writhe around on the ground, not dying. In a very, like, uh, st- like the stereotype of, like, the high schooler enacting uh-huh. a death scene where they just... They're just milking it. Milking it. And they just won't die. Yeah. And, like, Paul Rubens, I think, is such a great choice for that sort of a character because he, as we've seen not just with his Pee Wee character, but other characters of his, like uh, The Spleen and Mystery Man, one of my favorite films, like, he knows how to lean into that weirdness of characters. Um... And he was there pretty much the whole movie, but the rest of the movie wasn't meeting him there. Well, he was very underutilized. Yeah. He just stood there. Yeah. Um, he needed the rest of the movie to meet him in his sort of stuff. And I feel like there were things that were that kept pointing towards that. Like um, Donald Sutherland's character, the Watcher, who has a name that I've immediately forgotten. Merrick. I think. Let me double check that. Like Merrick Garland. um, Is 100% of the time wearing a trench coat and fedora. (laughs) Even like when he's inside. Inside and they're practicing. It's clear he's been inside for a while. Yeah. Like that's the sort of thing that is 
that is subtle and very funny and the movie has to build your awareness to get to that point being as funny as it is um and so i'm i am I'm not mad. I'm disappointed in the movie. Mm, <laughs> I want oh, it to be no. better. I want it to be better. I, I did notice that Luke Perry said, I'm not disappointed. I'm angry. I love that. Again, <laughs> one of those jokes that like, I can see this movie becoming like, and maybe it is, like a midnight cult classic sort of thing where when you, you're you familiar with it, you've lived in it for a long time. And maybe even more so if the TV series didn't exist and it was just this sort of weird oddity from history. Um, with lines like that of like, I'm not disappointed, I'm angry. Or, I mean, Paul Rubens getting his arm ripped off in a car chase is funny. Like, there's a lot of little moments that are funny that are surrounded by a pretty banal teen comedy. Because uh, the parts where it's Heathers are not as good as the parts where it's vampires. No, I think part of that... And th- I, this was very true in Christy Swanson's acting, is that it felt like she was imitating a teenager, not actually mm-hmm. playing a teenager. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Um, I can't, I mean, I can't get past Luke Perry just being Luke Perry, like he's Luke Perry the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before he was Luke Perry, I don't know when nine hundred two one zero started. Uh, Nineteen ninety. Okay, so he was he was already. Yeah, he was already Luke Perry. Um, like a a killer cast. Like Christy Swanson is a pretty good actor. Luke Perry is Luke Perry. Rutger Hauer is famous. Um, I know him from Blade Runner mostly, but he's mm. been in lots of things. Donald Sutherland is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, but they had nothing to work with. Yes. They had like, no that's the characterization. <laughs> like, the cast is good. They just didn't Like, there's anything? even, like, little dialogue, which isn't a sign of, like, it isn't a bad thing in in it of itself. Mm-hmm. In and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was no dialogue there was no characterization, mm-hmm. and those things combined were rough. Were rough. Like you had the the high school clique with Buffy and Hilary Swank and two or three other interchangeable teenage girls, which can work if you lean into it and sort of you know play into the plastics of it. But this movie just did it. Like it's just, it just didn't. Like, I didn't know it was doing nothing with these characters. There wasn't that wink and nod sort of thing. Um, they just didn't do anything with it. And then Ben Affleck showed up as a basketball player. Yeah, he's not even in the... Um, he wasn't in the credits, because I no. was looking. Because <laughs> he's on screen for, like, three seconds. Well, I don't know how many <laughs> lines you have to have to I don't be either. In, in the credits. Yeah. Yeah, I turned to you and I was like, is that Ben Affleck? <laughs> Which is funny, because, like, he went on to be, like, the most famous actor of all the actors in oh, yeah. that film. Oh, yeah. By far. Like, Hilary Swank's close. Yeah, Hilary Swank's pretty famous. Um, but also, I don't know, she's not Ben Affleck famous. Did she win an Oscar 
for I think for a million dollar baby. baby. Or maybe boys don't cry. I I don't know. She could have won an Oscar for either of them. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it from the perspective of like, I know Ben Affleck's got an Oscar. <laughs> oh, his was for screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Which he didn't do in this movie. No, he just <laughs> showed up. <laughs> As a teenager. <laughs> oh yeah, Stephen Root was in this movie. Yeah. Like, what a waste. <laughs> that was another moment where I was like, okay, camp. When he's like giving out detention slips yeah. to the dead vampire yeah. teenagers. <laughs> That's a good moment. That's a good bit. And he plays it very well because he's Stephen Root knows how to play that sort of weird stuff. But by that point, we're 70 minutes into a 90-minute movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too little too late. Yeah. 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 I wanted, I wanted more. I did, too. Uh. I do remember when the news went out that, like, it was going to be adapted into a TV show. Yeah. And that's the first time I really remember a film being adapted into a TV show. Oh, really? Um, it's probably not the only example. Yeah, no, but, but you remember it as, a, as, a, as an important moment in your own history. Yeah. That, that was a thing that could be done. I mean, I would have been, like, a young teenager when the TV show... Yeah. Came out. Yeah, TV shows started in late nineties. I, I think like. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I remember thinking, oh, "What a dumb idea." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the one of the core jokes that I think often gets under noticed because it's so obvious and in front of you is the name of the movie, like. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, those two things have become so ingrained that we don't, and I I say we, I forget to remember that that's a humorous juxtaposition. Because Buffy has come to mean Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, in all cases, what was originally meant to be a silly contrast of like, oh, what a silly name, you know, a little, a little... I'm going to be dismissive when I say this, but like, you know, a fluffy high school cheerleader name Mm -hmm. combined with the Vampire Slayer is a humorous juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. And it's been robbed of that through all familiarity. (laughs) I'm okay with that because it it meant some really good media. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a willing, I'm willing to make the sacrifice of, of that. Um. But now if someone names their kid Buffy, it's probably because of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And they want their child to be like a badass. Yeah. (laughs) It's become this like mimetic mutation that the name has become cool. Um, Yeah, I thought Joss Whedon directed this, but I was incorrect. Yeah, he just wrote it. I think if Joss Whedon had directed it, it would have been a very different movie. Yeah. As evidenced by... The TV show. The TV show. <laughs> that he did direct. Yeah, I don't know the work of the, who directed. Uh, Fran Cousy has done nothing. Not nothing. Uh, she's done this and a film from 1988 called Tokyo Pop. 
That's the end of the sentence. Okay. (laughs) Uh, She's apparently done some work as like a script doctor and uh, some production work like as a producer. Uh, I think she produced some of Trey Parker, Matt Stone's early stuff. Um, Like, this is not a slight against her as a director, but the reason I know her name is because she was required to be credited as executive producer on every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, Mm. despite having nothing whatsoever to do with the production of the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, She and her, I believe, husband are always credited. It's, yeah, Fran and Kaz Kuzui are in every episode, and I've always seen that in the credits Mm -hmm. of Buffy, and they're not associated with the show at all, but due to contractual stuff, because it was based on their movie that they produced, they were required to be listed as executive producers. And when they were doing, when they were, they were doing, they were talking about, in the late 20-teens, doing a Buffy reboot. Mm-hmm. It was the Koozies, Koozies, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this at all correctly, who were behind trying to get it rebooted. Mm. And I don't think it's because they have a deep and abiding love of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think it's because they got paid for seven seasons of a TV show that they had to do nothing on. That's taking the negative outlook on it. It's incredibly cynical. uh, Yeah, that's the word. Cynical. cynical. Yes. You're right. I agree. Um, but yeah, they, they also made a lot of money off of this franchise because they made this movie and that's, you know, we wouldn't have the franchise if it wasn't for this movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's some strong argument that they deserve some of that. Well, credit. I probably wouldn't have been interested in watching this movie if it wasn't for the TV, TV series, yeah. Um, it's not one I'm going to go back to anytime soon. Yeah. I'll throw on random episodes of Buffy and or uh, Angel just as background noise occasionally because mm-hmm. they're just fun to have. Um, this is not in that category. <laughs> uh, do I have any other... Oh, two other things I wrote down while I was watching it. Um, I don't know if this was a Joss Whedon thing, but if it was, I'm glad they got rid of it in the TV show. But the whole thing where she can tell if vampires are nearby through her uterus? Yeah. Well, I don't know. if It may not have specifically been her uterus, but she has cramping in the same area you have cramping when you're uh, PMSing. Yes. That was a weird choice. That was a weird choice. And I'm glad we got rid of it. It was a weird choice. And uh, I noticed that Buffy travels via handsprings more than is strictly necessary. Yeah, that was... (laughs) There was a lot of tumbling for the sake of tumbling. I don't think it helped her... Tactically, no. in the fight she was having, like you could have just so. run from point A to point B. <laughs> but and instead, we subbed in a, a 
A gymnast sort a gymnast, of person. Yeah, a stunt, stunt person, person. Was the name I was looking for, yeah. Um, yeah, I did notice that was <laughs> not, help, a lot of not helping via, the tactical game. Via tumbling. If I was a vampire, I would just tackle her mid-back handspring and... Uh, because you're pretty vulnerable in that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the other two things I noticed. Was the Donald Sutherland always wearing the hat and trench coat? Tracking vamps via cramps. And traveling via gymnastics. Yeah, I also noticed room. how incredibly creepy it was for an older man to be watching, like, a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> Constantly. <and> like, <laughs> Getting her alone and talking to her. And you've got to come with me to learn these secrets. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And again, the sort of thing that I think, if they had leaned into it more, could have been funnier and campier. Um, but they played it almost too straight. Yeah, so that it came across as creepy. Yeah. I agree. Giles would never. I don't remember how Giles meets Buffy. He gets a job as the librarian at her school. Okay. So he creeps on him, creeps on her around other people. Yeah. Although, in fairness to the TV show, the TV show exists in such a way that when Buffy comes to Sunnydale, she already knows she's the Slayer and she already knows she has a Watcher. She doesn't like those things necessarily. Um, but it's implied that she discovered those things back when she was in L.A. Mm-hmm. before her mother moved her to Sunnydale. Um, so she doesn't have to... So when Giles is like, I'm your watcher, she's like, okay, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, which allowed them to sort of sidestep the, the creep factor. <laughs> so weird British guy going to be following you around. Yeah. Which, I mean... Again, in Buffy the TV series defense, they do kind of eventually address like the fact that it's this group of like elite British guys who are in charge of the Slayer and how it's always a young woman, and that even ties into the like history of the first Slayer when she was originally granted these powers, and it turned into a commentary on things like the patriarchy and controlling young women and how they behave um, in a way this movie could never (laughs) was not prepared for I believe that's all my comments do you have any more Uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page to see if there's anything else Uh, Seth Green was apparently uncredited as a vampire I thought I saw Seth Green I was like oh that that can't be my <laughs> just somebody who looks. It was at the high school. Yeah, it yeah. was an uncredited vampire at the high school. Uh, good for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I have anything else to say. Uh, oh, Rutger Howard, the super evil vampire's mustache was funny for reasons I can't comprehend. I can't put my finger on why, but I found it very funny. I remember thinking at one point there was a a place where he made the choice to twirl his mustache and it was a weird, (laughs) it was a weird place to make that choice. It was. 
No, that wasn't. Yeah. No, that wasn't Rick Rubin. Oh, was that it was Paul Rubens? No, it was uh, Donald Sutherland. Oh yeah. It was, it was Donald, Donald Sutherland twirled his mustache, like in the middle of an argument with Buffy in. In the locker the room. The locker That's room. That's what it was. And it was. It was such a weird choice. It's like, your mustache isn't the kind that twirls. Also, why now? <laughs> why here? What? No, uh, Rutger Hauer's blonde mustache just made me laugh for reasons that I can't state one way or the other. Um, go watch the Buffy TV show. It's still pretty good. Yeah, the movie doesn't hold up. No. But. Uh, I mean, it doesn't help that the TV show was a formative piece of media for me. And many others. And many others. I mean, how many academic books are there on uh, I saw something, I don't remember where I saw this recently, that was like, there is evidence that Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of the most studied pieces of pop culture period if not the most something like hundreds of articles dozens of books uh it's kind of a big deal hmm. i get it uh joss whedon's kind of a jerk though so uh yeah it's a good thing he only helped with it uh, that's that's how i have to justify it to myself as like there were lots of people involved in the creation of this he was one of them You want to tell them about our Patreon? Yes, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash five degrees. Your support helps us on a per episode basis, and you are welcome to put a monthly cap on the number of episodes that you support. Mm -hmm. There are two main perks. One is you get a movie. You get a list of the movies we didn't watch because Kevin gives me a list of five or so and then I choose one. It helps both of our anxiety levels. Uh, and the second perk is you get the super duper unedited version from the moment we turn the mic on to the moment we turn the mic off. As long as I can get the mic to work. Yes and sometimes <laughs> you get bits and pieces of our conversation while we test the mic to see if yeah. it if it works. Um, that just helps pay for housing, serving, housing, hosting. hosting. <laughs> I mean, it indirectly helps pay for housing, I guess, but we use it for hosting. I meant, <laughs> I meant housing the website. Yeah. The website is housed on the internet. Yeah. It has its little, its little home. Uh, its little home where it sits. <laughs> At five degrees us. That's its home. That's its home. <laughs> I guess that's its address. It's yeah. home address. Yes, it's home address. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> um, arguably, it's actually hosted. Like, that's the website address. It's hosted on a platform called Pinecast, but that's not important. Cool. That's where the back end actually lives. Uh, yeah. That's the two perks. Those are the two perks. Thanks for that's, listening. That's our information about our Patreon. Yeah, we mm -hmm. like making this and we'll make it even if you don't support us on patreon so you get that going for you and it will always be free yeah as well rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher tell your friends say good night amy good night amy <laughs>